there are about 60 million kids in schools under age up through high school. According to the Aspen Institute Project Play Initiative, about 38% of those kids are participating in out-of-school youth sport activities, which means 62% are not. And so the overall initiative of the foundation and really of the President's Council and the Department of Health and Human Services is to make sure that you're impacting all kids, not just 38%, but, but 100%. Joined today by Clay Walker, Executive Director of the National Fitness Foundation. It is a wild time out there right now in and around youth sport and wanted to bring an expert in the space on to discuss. A moment first and explain the National Fitness Foundation and your daily work. Well, good morning. Thanks for having me on. Uh, the National Fitness Foundation was chartered by Congress in 2010 specifically to serve as the official charity of the President's Council on Sports, Fitness, and Nutrition. And its, its role is really to develop public and private partnerships that support youth sport health and fitness initiatives in America. So that's really uh, where, where the organization was, was founded or why it was founded. And if you think about youth sport, health, and fitness, there are about 60 million kids in schools under age, you know, up through high school. According to the Aspen Institute Project Play Initiative, about 38% of those kids are participating in out-of-school youth sport activities which means 62% are not. And so the, the overall initiative of the foundation and really of the President's Council and the Department of Health and Human Services is to make sure that you're impacting all kids, not just 38%, but, but 100%. And so how, how do we do that? What are really the tools or what are really the strategies? And what I'd say is we've got really a two-pronged approach. One is in school, and one of them is out of school. And in school has been a focus for more than 60 years. That's really the, uh, the area where we've been most known. We've run something, the foundation runs something called the Presidential Youth Fitness Program. So that's you know, tried and true and, and tested and has been around for a long time, really going back as far as the Eisenhower administration. This administration's has done something different and has said, let's continue to focus on the in-school physical education and activities, but let's also add out of school. And that's the, the thing that is different. And, and quite frankly, it's quite exciting because it allows the foundation to, to really get into the space where it can develop public-private partnerships with pro sports leagues and teams and athletes and the NCAA and Olympics and, and a lot of other organizations that probably would have a, a harder time identifying with PE in in-school environment. So that's a little bit of background, David, it's just that the in-school, the out-of-school uh, focus and, and to really build on that, uh, we're trying to build a war chest and endowment that's focused on out-of-school activities. We'll continue to run the in-school programs through the Presidential Youth Fitness Program, but but our charge more recently has been to create an endowment uh, focused on on out-of-school activities. Yeah, but to be to be really clear, 
because you, you, you mentioned going back to Eisenhower 60 plus years ago up into current, you, you have a bipartisan effort that's congressionally chartered, right? The only nonprofit congressionally chartered focused on youth sports? That's correct. There, there's, there's no other organization that, that is chartered by Congress for this, the explicit purpose of focusing on uh, youth sport health and fitness. There are a lot of great organizations doing, doing tremendous work and, you know, think of AAU or think of the Boys and Girls Clubs and YMCA. They, they, they offer terrific programming uh, and they're, they're really vital institutions in their, in their respective communities. But they've got a, a little bit of a different focus. They're important, but they're not laser focused on the initiative the way that we are. Uh, we're, we're, we're chartered to do that specifically. Yeah, and you mentioned there's two, well, really three pieces to your to your business. You've got in-school activities, which we'll get into here in a moment, out-of-school programming, and then the third is really the endowment and getting a a cool chest of money in to help in the future for additional programming, more grants, uh, activation, amplification, and I think using your words that you've said previously to make youth sports accessible and permanent for all. Is that right? That, that's right. And, you know, I, what I would say to you is that we have a little greater control over the in-school environment through the Department of Education and, and through local school boards. And uh, that, that system, that, that ecosystem <clears throat> is a little less fragmented. It's a, little, it's a little easier for us to marshal resources and, and aim at that. For the out-of-school activities, that, that marketplace in the U.S. Is, is largely privatized. And because it's privatized, it's very, very fragmented. What they do in uh, one state to another state with youth sport is, is often very different. In fact, what they do in, inside of a state, what they do in Northern California with soccer is different than what they do in Southern California. So that system, because of the fragmentation, what we have discovered and what researchers have discovered is that it really needs additional funding. And that is something that, that we're, we're really laser focused on trying to develop a war chest and endowment that is able to support via grants programs for girls, programs for kids with disabilities, programs um, that are in socioeconomically depressed regions, if they're missing facilities, if they're, if they're lacking coaches, it's really to make sure that we knock down as many of those barriers as, as we possibly can. But, but I would add something to that, David, that it's not, it's not just a, a, this one endowment at the national level that will solve all problems. We, to, for this to be successful, we really need to have pro sports teams and leagues pick up this initiative the same way that they would for, say, breast cancer or, say, for cancer or leukemia, uh, initiatives that pro sports leagues and teams have adopted. Uh, and they have really made a difference, not just from the money they've raised, but the awareness. And so that's a critical part for this to be successful is to develop those type of partnerships with leagues and teams and colleges. Uh, we were very far down the road with 
uh, one college, UNC Chapel Hill, with launching something, and, and they were set to become the first college to jump on board before uh, the COVID-19 crisis hit. So I would say it's not just the fund, but it's also the, the activation uh, and, the, and the support behind it. And then the last thing I would say is we are pushing and encouraging states to create similar smaller endowments that do the same thing, but at the local level. So uh, to the extent that there, that this, the problem that exists in activity pandemic in America has exacerbated uh, over the last two decades with this current crisis, it's going to get even worse in terms of inactivity. We're, we've got to be focused on the national level is the priority, but it's important that uh, we think about this long-term, they're also statewide solutions. Yeah, I'll go back to something you said, because you, you mentioned the need from a lot of different entities and stakeholders to commit to the energy and resources like they do um, with some other uh, diseases, as you stated, in terms of cancer and others. And I, I think the question one would ask would be, how, how do you square that youth sports with a disease? And I, and I know, and I, this is where I want to be really specific, because I know there's some stats out there regarding healthcare costs and childhood obesity and diabetes. I know, I think that's the direction It's, it is, um, look, you love sport. I love sport. I love whether it's at the, at watching your kids participate, uh, high school basketball games, college football games, any type of pro game. I, I, I love them. Uh, they are, they are important for sort of what, what people would talk about the, they're, they're healing for the country. They have this emotional uh, aspect that is positive, but at their core, the, you, we got into this, the country got into creating a, a president's council focused on youth health and fitness 60 years ago because it was determined by experts at CDC and NIH and, and others that kids that are active perform better academically, emotionally, socially. They, they develop leadership skills and we really are doing this not just for the love of sport, but you're doing it because it has such a tremendous impact on society in innumerable ways. And, and that's really something that I think is, is often uh, lost in the shuffle as people want to pull or root for their team, their kid, um, great, love to have that emotion. Uh, but long-term uh, studies have demonstrated that it really does help society to have kids that are, that are active uh, and, and healthy and fit. Okay, so let, let's dig on that in terms of getting kids active and fit because uh, we, we are, uh, we, we've run out of funding for the Presidential Youth Fitness Program. So what happens in September, let's all hope that we're all back in school kids, uh, all ages, what happens? I mean, how many kids are affected by that? What are we losing? Well, again, using the, the numbers from uh, Aspen's 
studies on, on youth sport participation, there are roughly 60 million kids that are in schools. And if you just pick, take the numbers, 38% are participating in youth sports. That's 23, 24 million. That means that there's 37, 38 million that are not. And so if, if the majority of kids are not participating in youth sports, then the only way to impact them is in school. And the Presidential Youth Fitness Program curriculum has been refined and revised by the Centers for Disease Control, refined and revised by the President's Council on Sports Fitness and Nutrition, revised and refined by the National Fitness Foundation. It's really the gold standard for physical education curriculums in schools. And so if we know that, that youth sport participation is going to take a step back uh, in terms of participation levels because of economic issues, then in my opinion, you really have to spend a lot more of your effort on the in-school activities. So we are, we are at a point in time in our, in our country's history where it would be very devastating if we did not have funding to operate the presidential fitness program in schools in the fall coming out of this pandemic, knowing that people that are healthier uh, are less likely not only to get diabetes, to have heart disease, to have other chronic illnesses, they're less likely uh, to, to be hit by a virus. They're, they're stronger uh, and able to, to face the flu better or face coronavirus or anything else. So it would be devastating if we're unable to really offer that program in full the way that it has been for more than 60 years. So tactically, if somebody funds an entity or a, a group of people fund this initiative, critical initiative, uh, and I can't believe the numbers nearly, as you said, 40 million kids are, are getting their active play or only play in school. That's an unbelievable statistic. But if somebody is funding this, what does the money actually go to? How, do, how, how is the program actually run? Good, good question. Uh, the National Fitness Foundation has a has a network of, of trainers uh, in in all markets in all states uh, that really manage the the training process for physical educators. The the resources that we need keep the network in place for what what I would call teaching, and that that physical education literacy is just is a critical part. Uh, that you're not just running a curriculum, but you're, you've, you've informed and educated the educators so that they are dispensing information on physical fitness that in the right ways, in ways that are engaging and, and, and not um, mundane, in ways that, that, that youth are going to respond. So the network is critical to, to keep that infrastructure in place. We also have a, an, an awards um, program. If you think about the old certificates or the old patches that that you would that you would earn if you participated in the Presidential Youth Fitness Program, there's a cost for getting millions of patches and millions of rewards and, and award certificates out uh, to the marketplace. And then the thing that that is really helpful for the, the Centers for Disease Control is that if we continue to run this, then we have a software system that, that tracks the health and, and fitness levels of youth. And so let's just say, for instance, uh, you, you run the program in California, 
and 80% of the kids are passing in California and two states or three states over in Arizona, only 50% of the kids are passing. That informs CDC in terms of uh, what state is doing well and what state is not or states are not and informs how do we deploy resources, we meaning the federal government, state governments, to improve health and fitness levels. So the surveillance piece is critical. So funding is really the, the network to manage the process. It's the merchandising that supports the, the, the program and software that really uh, provides the, the type of surveillance that the government needs and wants to understand uh, where there are pockets of, of problems so that you can identify those problems nationally and, and address it uh, with resources appropriately. Mm. And, and just this week, you and it looks like, I don't know, three or 400 youth sports organizations um, have written a letter uh, and asked the Senate and the House for a relief fund for youth sports. Can you take a moment and talk about that? Sure. I, we, the foundation is 100% supportive of the initiative. That initiative is called the, the Play Sports Coalition. And it, and it is uh, a collection of organizations uh, really that, that represent the, uh, the entire landscape and the entire ecosystem of the youth sports world. And some of them are nonprofits, most are nonprofits, some are for-profits, some are software companies, some run programs, some are um, uh, own facilities, uh, some operate tournaments. And the, the, the recognition that that organization is, or that coalition is bringing to this issue is critically important. And <clears throat> it goes to really the core of our uh, mission as an organization. So uh, it makes sense for us to, to support it. And I'm really, I'm really, um, I'm hopeful that this pandemic crisis will cause uh, some reexamination on the part of policy leaders at the national and the state level to take a second look at, at youth sport in America to understand that it's a, it's uh, a critical part of the, the overall infrastructure of our of our health system for kids it's not the only thing is again there's in school and out of school but we can't turn our backs on it and so i think it's a it's a great concept the the foundation is uniquely positioned to help the coalition and, and stands ready to support it uh, our board of directors is appointed by the ranking members of congress uh, speaker pelosi um, Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy, uh, Steny Hoyer, uh, Minority Whip on the House side, on the Senate side, uh, Senator uh, McConnell, and, and then uh, Minority Leader Schumer and uh, Senator Grassley. So we have six members of Congress that are responsible for the board appointments, and three other board appointments from the foundation come from the Secretary of HHS. Uh, Alex Azar. So we, we have some connections and, and we support a government agency. The President's Council on Sports, Fitness and Nutrition is a government agency division of HHS. Uh, and the Centers for Disease Control is our technical and, and science uh, uh, partner for the President's 
youth fitness program. So we've we've got a number of those those pieces in, in really our um, in our charge of what we're supposed to be doing in, in our uh, in our universe. So I'm hopeful that that we'll be able to to step up and, and help the coalition. And and really full credit to the National Council of Youth Sports for organizing the coalition. We're we're ready to jump in when uh, when called. And if asked by public and private, um, and and making a uh, consideration to support, what what's your what's your one ask when they say why youth sports? Well, big question. Uh, how much time do we have? Uh, now, there's a that's a. You know, people people will will spout off statistics of, about the health and the, and the wellness, and the, those are really critically important. Uh, Admiral Girard, who sits on our our board as a non-voting ex officio member, uh, produced a statistic when we announced the National Youth Sports Strategy back in uh, Q4 of 2019. Uh, his stat was was alarming, and I think in, intentionally so. Uh, Dr. Girard said that for kids who are two years old or younger, 60% of them would be obese by the time they were 35 years old, if current trends continue. So think about a society where the majority of the population is obese. What does that do to the healthcare system? What does that do from a, from a financial perspective? If you think this current crisis is expensive and the trillions of dollars of stimulus money that's, that's being put into the system, if you think that this current crisis is deadly, think about the number of people that have died early, prematurely as a result of COVID-19. That problem times 25 times 50 is what we'll have 30, 40, 50 years from now if we don't do something about this inactivity pandemic. So the, 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 what I would say is it's, uh, it's, it's critical uh, to the country. It, it, has, it will impact the entire country from top to bottom. Doesn't matter, um, male, female, black, white, um, it, it, what state you're in. It is going to have uh, tremendously negative impacts if the country and I mean the country from elected officials, state leaders, professional sports leagues, college athletic departments, athletes don't really come together. And, and my hope is that the coalition that is created or has just been created becomes permanent, that it is enough of uh, importance on, on, in society that it will continue on. And, and that really is going back to what we started with, why the foundation was chartered. It was chartered to do this and to, to build and be part of coalitions that are driving uh, initiatives that, that positively impact youth sport health and fitness. And so um, I'm hopeful when we come out of this uh, that, that there will be a greater recognition. And, and corporations play a, a critically important part of that. I don't think it's the it's not really the government's job to run youth sport in America. Uh, we need private sector support and uh, ideally the public 
uh, sector is is represented and is providing you know background from data, background on science, background on surveillance, and some funding. And you have uh, the private sector stepping up uh, really as a call to arms, as a call to action from government saying this is important. And, and you start to have corporations and you start to have pros, this pro sports and the college sports uh, ecosystems come together and say, we will help. We'll be a part of this initiative. And that's The Bond. Thanks for listening.